Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're gonna to talk about how to think like a thin person, not a dieter. And this distinction is crucial. It's gonna set you on a completely different path right from the get-go. And it's one that I think you're gonna see makes the whole process a lot easier. Because again, ultimately what's controlling your weight is your mindset, the way that you are thinking about this process. And so the easiest way you can kind of put yourself onto a new path is to recognize how you've been thinking like a dieter so that you can start to think like a thin person, because this is the real secret. And we start this off by articulating a different goal, okay? Because there's they live in two different worlds, right? Um, although they may seem similar, they're completely different based on the results they're getting and on what they're thinking most of the time. So right off the bat, a dieter is really obsessed with losing weight. That's the main focus of a dieter. They're overweight. They don't like how they look. They don't like how they feel. And they want to lose weight as fast as possible. And a thin person is more thinking long term. They want to get to their goal weight and live at their goal weight for the rest of their life on near autopilot. Now I added that part, but that's the one I would suggest you add as well, just to optimize and orient yourself towards an easier path. But notice the difference here. And a lot of it comes down to time frame, the time frame that you're thinking in. There's lots of other little differences, but the main frame that distinguishes a dieter from someone who's thin is the time frame in which they're thinking of. Because when you think short term like a dieter and all you care about is losing weight quickly, then you will choose unsustainable plans. You will do crazy things in order to lose weight if you think it's temporary, if you think it's for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. However, when you're thin and we want to start thinking like a naturally thin person, you want to be thinking how you're going to eat and live and act for the rest of your life. So we're talking about a time frame, <clears throat> excuse me, the time frame of a dieter of a couple days or weeks or maybe months. And the other alternative time frame for someone who's naturally thin is to start thinking in months, years, decades, and forever. And so this is the big difference. So when you start orienting to a longer time frame, you tend to choose more sustainable methods. Now, I got to point out that this makes the whole process easier. Because if you just think in terms of a couple of days or weeks, you know, you believe I could do anything. I could do anything for a couple of weeks or a couple of months to lose the weight. And so again, you're almost looking, you're looking for the most extreme plan because you believe that's going to give you the fastest results. And what ends up happening is you choose this extreme plan and it's really hard to do. And so now what happens is you as a dieter, thinking like a dieter, you associate weight loss with it being miserable, being really difficult, you being frustrated, you getting overwhelmed, because every time you've tried to lose weight, you're trying to get the fastest results possible, which you can only do through an extreme plan. So when you think like a naturally thin person, we think long term. And instead of thinking, how fast can I lose the weight? It becomes a question of how long can I maintain my goal weight? And that instantly sets you up in a different way so that you start to think, I'm not going to do anything crazy just to lose weight. I'm only going to do things that I believe are sustainable, that I'm going to be able to maintain and keep up. And so that orients you to more, I don't want to say easy necessarily, but more appropriate um, methods to lose the weight. And the benefit of this is that it's not that hard. So again, the irony here is that thinking like a dieter sets you up to 
really struggle to have a very difficult time because you're subconsciously choosing the most difficult plans. And when you start extending that time frame and start thinking and training yourself to think like a naturally thin person, it's ironically, it's a lot easier because you're not trying to overcorrect. You're choosing what you're going to do based on what's going to serve you for the longest amount of time and what you can keep up. So this is the key distinction, at least in the beginning, that you want to make for yourself. And you want to make it quick because if you keep thinking like a dieter, what tends to happen as you start getting in your 40s, 50s, 60s, is you have so much experience trying different extreme diets and failing on them that it gets to the point where you can't even get yourself motivated to start a plan anymore. And although you think about weight loss and losing weight all the time, when you look at your behaviors, you're not actually taking the action to achieve it. And a lot of times that's because we have the experience of dieting and failing on it. And so now we get to this experience, almost like learned helplessness. What's the point? You know, why should I even try it? And so making this shift, and it, it may sound subtle, I hope it sounds profound to you, um, but making this shift from being a dieter with a diet mindset to being someone who wants to think like a naturally thin person is that first step for you to put you on this different path. So start optimizing and orienting yourself to the long-term success that you truly want. And you truly want it, right? Because if I ask you, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Or you say forever, you see? But if you look at the method you've been choosing and trying to lose weight with, you recognize they're really just built for a short time, not a long time. And a lot of people at this point, this is a bit more of a challenge than I'm making it sound. This is the first step. I want to make the first step easy for you to start thinking long-term. But again, it's not your fault. We've been conditioned with millions of diet ads in our lifetime, which really, it gets us to the point where we almost can't even separate weight loss from dieting, right? They kind of become one and the same thing to us. And so you need to work on separating those things and seeing the diets for what they are, which is typically a short-term oriented, quick fix approach to losing weight fast, as opposed to a more sustainable strategic approach where you may start off a little slower, but it's easier and you're building up a skill set in your developing a lifestyle, a way of being, a way of eating that allows you to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life. And again, we want to make it as easy as possible. So it's on near autopilot. So I hope this helps you out. So take a little bit of time, take a couple of days and really think about this distinction. Because again, like I said, it's going to set you, has the potential to set you on a completely different path when it comes to you um, taking control of your weight. All right. Um, if you have any questions, you know, feel free to ask those. I'm happy to answer any weight loss questions that you may have um, whoop, about any, oops, oh, that just went out. All right, second one. See, yeah, there we go. Um, lost, lost, lost the video there for a second. Yeah, so any, any questions you may have about your weight loss, diets, any ways you think about losing weight, feel free to ask them. I'm happy to answer them for you. Um, you know, basically what I do, right? I have a program called Program Yourself Thin. You probably see that if you're on TikTok. And what I am is a, is a hypnotherapist and I help people transform their bodies from the inside out. So it's a mindset-based approach. And so in my world, your weight is completely, completely, I say completely, there's, there's a physical aspect to it, but it's primarily controlled by your mindset. And I believe that your mindset is more important to your weight than type 2 diabetes, 
insulin resistance, menopause, thyroid issues, any physical thing. Okay. At the end of the day, the most important factor. Yeah. I'm glad you wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure how to pronounce your name there, but yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad you said this because there's no quick fixes. And what, what they wrote is that they got the gastric sleeve and now they're back to craving sweets again, you know? So the surgeries I've worked with a lot of people who've gotten the surgeries. And so, yeah, it's, it's not what it does is it makes it harder to overeat, you know, but what people tend to do sometimes if they, you know, it, it does have some success, obviously, but a lot of people struggle once they kind of get used to it, they can't eat a lot all at once, but they tend up just eating. Yeah, Vicky, that's you. I, you know, I, I thought about that a lot last night and, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you next time we're on a call why I did that. Cause it's kind of embarrassing almost as I thought about it. Um, but you really, you, you helped me. So thank you, Vicky. Uh, but, um, yeah, the, the gastric sleeve, the bypasses, they don't resolve that mindset piece. They don't, they don't resolve, resolve the core issue, which is how you're thinking and relating to food. You know, your relationship with food, it doesn't fix that. It just puts a big obstacle up. You know, it's, it's in the ballpark of like chaining, you know, putting a chain around the fridge or the pantry door. You, you know what I mean? And so it's like, and then give someone else the key. So it's like you, you know, you put this block up, but it doesn't, it didn't fix the problem, you know, the, the way that you ideally would want to. And so when you start focusing on the mindset piece and how you're thinking, this is where you're going to make the changes that you're truly looking for. You know, and this, you know, when I'm doing these calls, you're watching my videos, I like to think that it's an opportunity for you to take a step back from how you usually think about weight loss and get a little bit more perspective on it, you know, so that you can, um, so that you can see, you know, so we always have the same perspective. I always use this example, right? If you close one eye and look at your nose, you see it, close the other eye, look at your nose, you see it, open both eyes, your brain deletes your nose, rub your awareness, because there's no value in seeing it all day. And so, so often when it comes to weight loss, we're so kind of in it that we're missing a lot of stuff. And the big one is the mindset piece, because what diet is helping you with mindset, you know, short of a noom, which teaches us some psychology tricks, you know, but it's like, what, what diet out there is giving you the mindset piece. They're always telling you what to do and never showing you how to get yourself to do it. You know, the practical aspects of transformation of changing your behavior and how you think. And so, um, yeah, I get it. I get it with the, with the gastric sleeve. It doesn't, it's not a cure all. Neither are the medicines, you know, the medicines that everyone's so hyped about right now. Yeah. I mean, if you want to take medicine, that's extreme medicine. We'll find out what it does to your body. Ultimately, we don't know yet, you know? Um, but do you really, is that the solution? Are you so desperate that you just want to feel nauseous for the rest of your life? So you don't eat, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, it, it's not, it's not a fix. It, it's a bandaid. You know what I mean? It, it's something to try and force us to act differently. And right from the get go, it's, it's kind of a broken process. So again, I try to get out here to show you there's another way, you know, um, it's not as fast as just forcing yourself to act differently for a little while, but it's long-term, you know? Um, so yeah, I feel you with, with the craving sweets, right? It's still there. So there's a lot of stuff to work on with, uh, you know, how to deal with sweets. Some of it is obvious stuff of obviously the less sweets you're consuming, the less you eat of it. But you know, I was really reflecting on this yesterday. 
what, okay. So let me give you an example of what I mean about mindset when you have it, when you know how to influence it in a proper way. And, and I will tell you, this is kind of how I am. Um, is I, I was thinking about like, like when you think about like, if you're watching this, you're probably a non-smoker. If you're a smoker, you're probably not a drug addict. Okay. Like a, the heroin or cocaine addict. And if you think about why you don't smoke or do drugs, uh, it's probably not because you've got an iron willpower and you're always fighting against cravings to want to do those things. It's probably because you don't have any cravings because the way that you think about those things makes it feel gross, right? The way you think about cigarettes prevents any, there, there's no cravings being created because the way you think about cigarettes creates like disgust or at least indifference. And so the, the thing is you don't have any cravings, you know? So you want to use that as a model. So you say, Oh, how am I ever going to feel that way about sweets and, and, you know, junk food and all this stuff I love and I crave. Well, it's the same thing, you know, studying people that were smokers and have stopped or people that, um, you know, I, 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 my favorite show for years was that intervention. I used to find that fascinating. I, I found, you know, studying drug addiction and drug addicts. And more importantly, the fascinating thing is, is drug addicts that stopped abusing drugs. That's like I, my, my favorite, one of my favorite things to study because you're talking about something that substance wise physically is, is extremely addictive and um, same with smokers, you know, a million people a year, they estimate stop smoking for good. I don't know what the numbers are with drug addiction, but either way you have a physically addicting substance, some of the worst addiction that can exist and people stop doing it. Now I know people always tell me with the food. Yeah, but food you have to keep eating and those drugs you stop doing forever. And I understand that. But to that point, I say, because I'll tell you where I'm at with it, because I used to eat all that shit and now I don't eat it much. That's a, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so, so a lot of times managing your weight and eating food right is almost, it's more of managing an, an addiction. I think it's the most accurate description of what you're doing. And the only possible way I can think of of managing an addiction is that you, is that you can, um, think differently about the food. So for me, you know, if, so I'll give you an example. I, I walk in my house last night and there's a container of Pringles ranch chips, right? My son got. And so I go over to him and I eat one. Now, how I think about it is the big difference maker here. Okay. And so I eat it. And when I eat it, I'm tasting it, but I'm deconstructing it into my mind because I know what is going on. I know how these foods were engineered. And so I'm breaking down, you know, how quickly it melts in my mouth, you know, because what are some things that make food addictive? There's a great book called Salt, Sugar, Fat. And that was a great one. The End of Overeating is a great book. There, these books that there are these foods that are made for us, the processed foods. It's, I think of them like food cigarettes. Because if you've ever watched The Insider, another great movie, you really ought to watch it. Because again, this goes, this is program. What I'm talking about, the programming I talk about my program, subconscious program to get yourself to eat differently and live differently. It's not just like hypnosis. Like I put you into a relaxed trance state and give you suggestions. When you watch a documentary, when you watch or read a book about the fast food industry, 
That's all hypnosis. It's influencing your subconscious mind. Why? Because you're getting more context. You're getting more associations. You're seeing things from a different paradigm. And that changes the way you think and feel about them. And so when I look at these shitty foods that they make for us, you know, I now I have the knowledge from all the research and studies I've done where if I ever get to the point of analyzing a Pringle and not move to the next town, I'll be very happy. Okay, so I'm going to share with how I did that. So now again, it's a process. So I want to make clear it's a process. I didn't just read a book and then never eat a Pringle again. Okay, I want to make that clear. It's a process, you know, so, so for Vicky, who's, who's in the program, it's a process of, of learning things, of training myself, program myself, and working with my behaviors. So there have been many times I've read the books and known about it, gone and eaten a whole bunch of Pringles. Okay, I want to make that clear. However, at that point, I have done the redo technique on it. I have reconnected to the person I want to be, put myself back in that context, replayed it, seen what I would have done instead. So what would then Vicky doing that? It's that, it's that question. And it's not, it's about, again, you need to have patience with this process because it, when you have some patience, you give yourself some time. What's up, Nuka? Um, it allows you to be able to look at the mistakes you made and learn from them. You know, so yeah, Vicky had a really interesting experience where she had to learn from this other part of her. Let's, let's put it that way. And so you allow yourself to learn from that. You know, you allow yourself to space to make mistakes and to let that part of you teach you, to train you, to guide you on what you could have done, what you can do next time. Not what you should have done, <laughs> but what you could have done, what you can do next time, um, what you would like to do, you know, and so you educate yourself, you give yourself more options. So next time you're, you're put in that situation, you have strategies you can rely on. All right, you can start eating healthy. All right, you're trying, that's all right. Um, it, it's always a process, you know, always, always, I always deal with it. You know, I, I'm in a little bit of a dip with my eating, um, which always happens. You know, this is why it's so important to have some foundational pieces of your eating, you know, really, really important, um, to have that because even when I get off track, I was saying this in a, in a video I made recently, you really want to silo your eating into two categories, what you want to eat and what you don't want to eat. A lot of people, they combine those together. And so they're like, okay, I'm going to start on my plan. I'm going to eat well, and I'm not going to eat any of the shit. And then as soon as they eat something shitty, they stop eating well. You got to stop that. You got to separate those two. Put the good stuff in your body. Even if you just ate a whole box of Pringles, even if you just ate a whole bag of cookies, still eat the good stuff. Okay. Because putting that good stuff in your body, it satisfies your micronutrient needs. It nourishes you and it helps you get back on track quicker. Okay. So that's such an important strategy, but getting back to the Pringles, you know, like I don't just, I'm not in a trance when I'm eating the Pringles. Well, I'm not in a complete trance. And this is the same with all the junk food and all the processed foods, because while I may eat them and I may enjoy them a little bit, um, I have two benefits. One is I don't eat them very much. And what happens a lot of times with processed foods is when you clean out your system a bit from those foods, and then you eat them again, you realize they don't taste as good as you thought they did. A lot of your craving for those foods is purely addiction, flour, flavor addictions, you know, to it. And so as you clear those out, you clear a lot of that craving out. The other part though, is how I think about it. Again, going back to cigarettes, if you're a non-smoker, it's, you're not a non-smoker, you're fighting off willpower, fighting off cravings of willpower. It's because the way you think about cigarettes removes any cravings at all. And so I have transformed and changed the way I think about food completely. That's been the biggest shift that's allowed me to live at my goal weight. 
you know, and it'd be the same thing for you. You know, someone said, I got the gastric sleeve and I'm still fighting cravings. Yeah, because the gastric sleeve shrinks your stomach. It doesn't change your mind, you know. So if you don't change the mindset and the thoughts you're having, it just becomes a process of um, it's like a forced willpower on you, you know, and, um, you know, it's it, that's an unpleasant, uncomfortable way to go about it because you're still fighting. It's still right. Because when you're trying to lose weight, it's always feels like this fight against yourself. You know, always fighting against yourself. And that's how you kind of think about it. And that's how you expect it's going to be. There's no, there's not, you couldn't even mention a method out there of weight mastery that is comfortable, that God forbid is pleasant. <laughs> right? Can you imagine? Imagine thinking about weight loss and thinking like, yeah, I can't wait to do this. This is going to make my life better. I'm, I'm excited to get on this path and of mastery and, and make myself feel better and have more energy and, and you know, all of this. And so people don't even think about it that way. You know, you just assume it's got to be, okay, tomorrow's Monday. I'm going to, you know, the fight starts tomorrow. You know, it's always this fight. And um, again, this is because, you know, you've got, you've been hypnotized, literally conditioned, whatever words you want to use. You've been brainwashed by the diet industry. And you now think about weight loss through a diet mindset. And that is your core problem with why you're struggling with your weight. Um, and so as you start changing the way you think about these foods, you start changing your cravings. Again, I go back to you're not a you're not a cocaine addict because you're fighting off coke cra cravings all day long. The way you think about cocaine, it makes you feel disgusted or indifferent about it. And so you don't have any cravings. You see? So and, and even, by the way, again, people say, oh, yeah, well, I've never done cocaine, so I'm not addicted to it. Yeah, but how do you explain all the heroin addicts, cocaine addicts that stop doing drugs? You know what I mean? Like that's and that is where the NLP comes, um, neurolinguistic programming. It really is a philosophy um, where it's about role modeling success, role modeling the people that are getting the results you want. And so often people don't do this. They are listening to people that either aren't getting the results that they want, right? Especially with weight loss. Boy, people that are struggling with their weight are the ones that have the most advice to give a lot of times, you know? Um, you know, or, you know, the people that we're listening to don't understand our situation. So I think it's helpful to look at reformed drug addicts are some of the best people on the planet to study. How do they do it? It's the most addictive substance on the planet that they're letting go of from their life. You know, so how are they doing it? I'll give you my, my take on it. You know, my quick take on it, um, is that it's a mindset shift. It has to be right. Nothing changes physically, but there's still just addicted to the substance, right? So there's no physical shift when someone goes from being a drug addict, a smoker to being a non-smoker, a non-drug addict, nothing's changing physically. And they've got the same brain structures, Right. So people say, oh, well, some people are you know, genetically genetics, genetics make them they're predisposed to be drug addict, drug addicts. OK, but what about the ones that were drug addicts and then stop being drug addicts? That's the question I'm fascinated by. And you should, too, because it's inspiring, you know, because it lets you feel that even a person in that situation was able to escape it and figure things out. And that is a better model for how you're going to get you the weight that you want more than another diet coming out and you say, even the gastric sleeve, someone goes on and goes, oh, the gastric sleeve, I'm still struggling with cravings. You see? So again, those are just physical solutions. You know, the diets, oh, I'm going to eat this way, you know? Um, so yeah, so 
Yeah, yeah. Dieting is 100% philosophical. I, I agree, Nuka. It is philosophical. That's a great way to put it. Um, it's the way that you're thinking about it, you know, is has the biggest impact on what results you're going to get. And that applies not just to your weight and how you think about your body, but how you think about food. And that's really the, the jumping off point, you know, um, when you start to like, I almost don't even think of junk food or, uh, processed foods as food. Now I still eat them sometimes. I enjoy them, but I almost think of them more in the realm of like alcohol. Like I'll do them occasionally and I'm very careful with them. You know, there's substances I do for enjoyment or pleasure. Okay. But I'm not doing them. I'm not eating them for nourishment. I don't consider them food for my body. Now you may, right? Now, if you think of that's food and that's an option for food, then you're going to have a harder time mastering your weight. I hope that makes sense. But if you think about those junk foods as like food drugs, food cigarettes, food alcohol, just something you do for pleasure or for, for an emotional reason, I think that's a healthier place because then you will most likely, at least you're set up to start using it more um, appropriately, you know, instead of getting caught up and eating all those foods all the time um, as a food source and thinking it's nourishing you because it's not. So a lot of it, you know, again, that's, that's a, a level of programming that has such a profound impact on the results you're going to get is how you think about food, you know? And um, changing that up is a huge part of getting the results that you want, you know, because what do you want to do? You don't want to just lose weight. You want to be healthy. You want to be alive. You want to enjoy yourself. You want to feel good, you know, and um, yeah, that's just a key part of the whole process. So, yeah, I was going to say, I, uh, I just put a video up to you. I was just I'm about to put a video about the scale. Curious to see how people respond to that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think you should use a scale? Do you think you should use a scale when you want to lose weight? You know, that's kind of the question. So I'm about to put one of those videos up, and I'm curious to see what people's responses to it. But I'd like to, I'd like to be in support of using the scale. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any questions about weight? Feel free to ask them. Got to couple videos coming got a call coming up so i'll probably be getting out of here in a minute but if you got any last questions feel free to ask them we'll take a swing at them what's i saying i don't know recently i haven't what do you say nuka i haven't been using the scale Okay. That's great. Now I think I got a sense of your, your situation. You go, so that might be good for you, you know, because again, it all depends. You know, I have gained a bit of weight. Is that good? Are you, you're trying to gain a little weight, Duca. Let's forget your situation. Exactly. I mean, on one hand, I say use the scale, but again, I should, I should qualify that, you know, that I think that it's important to use the scale with a proper mindset. So I think that's important. And so what precedes using the scale literally every day, if you want to lose weight, is really having a clear-cut goal that's not purely the scale. <laughs> so that might sound like, a, what am I saying, right? I'm saying two different things. Um, I'm not. I'm saying, I think, a, right off the bat, I think with your weight loss, you should start with, uh, you should start with a goal that's not just number on a scale size closed, it should be a more meaningful goal. 
Um, I like to say, take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, make it more meaningful. And um, when you do that, you know, it, it becomes, it's not just about eating less and watching the scale go down. It's about being the person you want to be. You know, it's like, how can I be the best version of myself? So that is a completely different approach to mastering your weight and losing weight potentially than just, I want to get to some number, you know? Um, no, I don't. But if this happened four months ago, I'd be so desperate. But now I'm like, it's okay. I'll try again. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And being, being calm and relaxed with the whole process is crucial because you want to use your full brain. You know, when you start freaking out and getting all worked up about everything, um, we tend to think a little more in a constricted way, a little more reactionary, um, less resourceful way. Um, so there's that. But yeah, but I'm a, I'm a if I want to, now I don't use a scale much now, but I'm at the same weight all the time, you know, but if I actively, if I, if I, it was a goal of mine to drop the weight so that I could feel better um, about myself and become healthier and look better and all the, all the things that, that weight loss brings, then I think using the scale is important. I mean, you know, to me, you, the goal, right. I'm not saying you can do this right away. Cause I know there's a lot of emotional stuff you work through, which I like too. I like, I think the scale to some degree brings the emotional stuff to the surface. Let's deal with it. I mean, cause if you're absolutely terrified to step on the scale to me, that's a symptom of a deeper problem. And you just not stepping on the scale never deals with that problem. Right. So, so I've had this conversation a million times, but I think, you know, when someone's, Oh God, I step on it. It's absolutely just destroys me. Da, da, da. Well, it's like, you know, you can change the way you respond to that. You can change your relationship to the scale. You can change your response if it's not what you want. I mean, you do, you are a human. You, you have the ability to, you know, influence yourself and people don't think that a lot of times they just kind of like, well, I've stepped on it. And it absolutely destroys me, but maybe that's because of the way you know, it's the, it's the mindset you're in when you're trying to lose weight plus the scale. You see what I mean? So it's like the scale is just a tool. It's like, so the ideal we want to get to is like, when you look at a speedometer your car, if it's going, you know, if you're going too fast, you just slow down. If you're going too slow, you speed up. You don't freak out. You just adjust. Now, I know that sounds like, what? Are you a robot? I could never just think of my weight like that. But um, yeah, you can. You can work towards it. You know what I mean? If that becomes a goal. And I think it's a worthwhile goal because A, it's way more feedback. And since when is more feedback a bad thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then B, if you use the scale simultaneously to measure your weight and to measure your emotional reactivity with the whole process, what's wrong with that? You know, if you have tools to, to manage those emotions, that emotional reactivity, you know, let it be known. Um, but if you do, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, when I was losing weight, I was using the scale every day. You know, so I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. But, you know, again, my, my core rule is that there's no right or wrong. It's only what works for you. So if um, if that's not the right fit for you, then, uh, you know, don't let that stop you. You know what I mean? But uh, anyways. All right, everyone. Have a great day here. I'm going to get out of here. Got a bunch of stuff to do. Have a great day. I got a bunch of videos coming out. My podcast, Program Yourself Thin. Um, if you haven't gotten it yet, go get my hypnosis sessions right in the bio. Get that. Listen to it. And uh, we'll talk again. Bye.